Blog Talk Radio. Gordon. It is August 29th, 2013. And today in the program we're talking about soul mating, searching for two and finding one. We'll get to what that's all about in just a moment. It's a very rainy day here in Vancouver, Canada, on the West Coast. I'm watching out my uh, big picture windows and Rain's coming down on a little park. There's some Canadian geese out on the uh, on the green of the park, out from the studio windows here, and they don't seem to be bothered by the rain. And my uh, new companion, Sam, my four-legged friend here, just mellowing out beside me as we uh, embark on a new program today. And uh, heading into the fall, so I hope that your end of summer is going well, and you're looking forward to any Labor Day plans you may have. And for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, uh, welcome to the program. You can uh, always uh, find us on iTunes as a free download, and also on uh, Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Mind Whisperer. And all of the links to the program are on our homepage here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the mind whisper, um, including the, my blog, which has been fairly irregular, unfortunately. Um, but regardless, here we are. And uh, we're going to embark on the program today and talk about looking for a soulmate. And the prompt for today is really comes from um, the very uh, well-known spiritual teacher by the name of Ram Das, who also was known as Richard Alpert, and he was a professor uh, at the Blue Stanford University, and um, a very celebrated spiritual teacher and philosopher and teacher of religions, and uh, influential and uh, definitely a participant in the flowering of consciousness in the 1960s um, with the introduction of Buddhist ideas through people like Alan Watts and um, Chogim Chimpa Rinpoche and etc. So today we're talking about the idea of, in fact, kind of an irony about how when we look for our other, for the sense of completion of ourselves and you know, our, what our values are maybe about <clears throat> and our, our natural drive to find a partner in life. Uh, but on the psychological and spiritual level, we are actually kind of end up finding ourselves. And, and it's it's this paradox that's expressed in um, 
Jap the Japanese uh, archery known as Kyudo, which I've taken. And uh, it's said that in Kyudo, which you're, is not really about target practice, it's about, again, spiritually um, perfecting yourself, if you will, or discovering yourself, or um, quite simply being in, in the Zen-like uh, presence of every moment. So you're focusing on your breathing, you're focusing on your posture, you're focusing on the exactness of the movements um, and the effortlessness of your body in perfect form. And it's said that when you um, draw the bow and release the arrow, if you hit the target, you hit yourself. And that's not really a goal, it's actually kind of the opposite. It's more that if you're aiming for the target, um, you've lost the point. The point is about um, letting go of the idea of aiming at the target. It's something that's a byproduct of being correct in what you're doing. And so this is kind of a, an apt analogy for um, seeking our completion through love, that we're really seeking the completion of ourselves. And so the person that we think we may be seeking, the idea or the fantasy of the person that we're seeking, uh, may not match the person who shows up. In fact, the person who shows up is again, the mirror of our own internal process, or if you want to look at it in um, the spiritual model of uh, karmic cycle in Eastern thought, particularly in Buddhist or in Buddhist thought and practice, um, then, you know, we are really kind of... Um, accelerating our own karmic growth. What does that mean? What is, you know, there's a, first of all, there's a real misunderstanding of the word karma. And in the West, we tend to think of it as um, cause and effect. Well, there is a cause and effect, but it's less that we've inherited a karmic debt that is being fulfilled as much as there is, um, there is what is. And there's cycles of um, awareness or consciousness that we have been... Um, either engaged in or um, in denial of. And those will continue to play out, much like the way that we understand our psychological or psychic patterns. And referring back to, to Ram Dass, and he was asked this question about, you know, I'm searching, I'm searching uh, for the perfect partner, and I keep seeing, seeming to fall into repetitive patterns of, you know, relationships that are dysfunctional, destructive, etc. And so in this uh, quote uh, from this posting, I'll send, I'll, it's actually on his website, ramdas.org, R-A-M-D-A-S-S, um, under the idea of soulmate. You can go there and read it yourself. But he um, gives two answers. One would be, we can call the, the macro answer, and one we can call the, the practical, pragmatic uh, micro answer. And so the macro answer, which is he calls it the, the far out response, is that really there really is only one consciousness. There is only one, the idea of the universe is, is it's a unified field. And so how can we be separate from that? And therefore, how can our past, present, future, and our existence um, exist compartmentalized within a continuum? of energy and we know from quantum physics that energy is never uh, destroyed it never ceases EMC equals mc squared and so there is this constant isness of the universe 
And therefore, everything that we are working out and have worked out is all part of a continuous stream. And uh, this is really what uh, many scholars and many uh, spiritual philosophers and teachers refer to as oneness and also refer to as as God uh, or all being is is the um, the oneness of all existence past present and future and therefore um, as he says in this uh, posting here we are all uh, as he jokes, in one in drag, appearing to be many. So we are all soulmates. There's only one of it. It's not mates because it's not even two. It's only one. There's only one of this continuous energy. So as he says, what you're really doing is constantly marrying yourself at the deepest level of God marrying God. So now we're down into soul. And each soul has a unique karmic predicament. Brackets, you could call it a psychic DNA code that in a way guides which way its life will go. That's a really apt way of putting it, that um, much like we know about epigenetics, which is the study of the influence on our genes and how the DNA is triggered to release certain proteins and therefore behaviors in, in the body, it's much the same thing in terms of our energetic being in the, in the universe. It's no different. We are just made of energy and potentiality. Um, so as he says in this article, it's entirely possible that souls, when they take birth into parents that are part of their karma, that souls, when they take birth into parents that are part of their karma, in other words, how we come into this karmic existence is you know, part of our, the unfoldment of our karma and our parents and how, what they look like and how they shape us, will at some point meet a being and they have agreed in advance to come down and do this together and meet. That's what we usually call soulmates. So your soulmate is only going to resonate and reflect wherever you are in terms of your karmic unfoldment or, or cycle. Um, so I want to go back and talk just really, just quote this really lovely uh, analogy or story. Um, talking about this oneness and he says that um, you know, he's reflecting on the story from the Buddha, which says, if you, in terms of how long this karmic cycle has been going on, all of us have been working out these background patterns of relationships. And the Buddha's story is that, quote, if you take a mountain six miles long and six miles wide and six miles high, that's the distance a bull walks in a day and a bird flies over the mountain once every hundred years with a silk scarf in its beak and brushes the tip of the mountain. In the length of time it takes the scarf to wear away the mountain, that's how long you've been doing this. Just think about that. Once every hundred years the scarf goes over, a scarf and a mountain, it goes on and on and on. In India there are yugas and kapas and hundreds of hundreds of thousands of years and then they start the cycles all over again. And we've been through all of them again and again. And he's talking about how, you know, a yogi or a, a lama or whatever you want to call them, whatever the way they're termed, um, uh, they actually recognize them as the reincarnation of past lamas. So we are all spirit in human form. Okay, so that's a lovely spiritual conceptualization, if you will, or description. But how does that help us? And so the way he phrases it is that he talks about the stages of relationship and um 
if you look at it from the bigger picture, then the, it's a game changer because the fantasy of romantic love and therefore this perfect person and you, you know, is you've ended your search is really, as he says, the honeymoon is over. And I'm just going to read you verbatim what he wrote, writes in the rest of this article. Um, what you found from your past marriages is that what you're attracted to in a person isn't what you ultimately live with. After the honeymoon is over, it's after the desire systems that were dormant in the relationship that have the attraction in it pass, and all of it passes, that you're left with the work to do. And it's the same work when you trade in one partner for another. You still have the same work. You're going to have to do it sooner or later when the pizzazz is over. It just keeps going over. And you can't, I like this line in particular, you can't milk the romanticism of relationship too long as you become more conscious. It's more interesting than that. It really is. And people want to romanticize their lives all the time. It's part of the culture. <clears throat> but the awakening process starts to show you the emptiness of that form, and you start to go for something deeper. So what he's talking about is the truthness of, of relationship, and that is your partner is going to reflect and mirror what it is that you need to work on because nothing else is going to trigger you the way that your partner is. Now, why is that? Because you've, we all have growth uh, that needs to take place. And the, as he said, if you want to look at it from this framework, uh, there's something that needs to work itself out, and you come into this karmic existence through this path in this incarnation and this particular you know, set of, of circumstances with your parents and their you know, confluence of their background, and voila, Shazam, you have your life and your stuff, and that's what you are, and you're waking up as you go along. The question is how awake do you want to be and how honest are you going to be with yourself as you go along? And uh oh, there's the dog. How <laughs> there's my good watchdog there. How how conscious are you willing to be? How conscious are you willing to be of and take responsibility for that being your own process that needs to uh, unfold? Good boy, Sam. You get a taste of what it's like in my studio here. Good dog. Oh, yes, you're very protective. Thank you. Um, so what does that mean in terms of who we attract? Well, that means that how our subconscious mind and our and our patterns of behavior and attraction are oriented are going to attract a partner that's going to be um, reflecting or resonating with um, that same frequency of um, need for change or stuckness or whatever, however you want to describe it. And we can get into real detail about what that means in terms of how we grew up or patterns of behavior, expectations of love, and and or our negative um, held uh, subconsciously held uh, patterns of, of of worthiness, you know, um, from how we grew up, and et cetera, et cetera. And there are strong predictors for that in terms of um, how we um, how we're raised and whether um, we had secure parenting or not, and um, if we have if we had secure parenting and a model for loving relationship, then there's a strong predictor that later on we're going to um, have an intact sense of wholeness and and, and self-esteem and self-worth and um, have a better 
chance at a healthy relationship and finding a long-term partner if that's our value system. So you can see how all of these things are at play at a very deep level and uh, set the stage. They're like the backstory. Um, you know, the, the backstory if you're looking at a, a play and the, the sketch of a character and what makes them tick and um, how this all gets presented um, and works itself out in terms of the uh, the arc of the story of the play. And that's what our lives are. There's this, again, replaying of this story until it gets resolved. So really when we're looking for a partner, we are looking to heal ourselves. And uh, the more conscious you are about that process, the better chance you have of allowing someone to um, help you. And that's really what it comes down to is Harville Hendricks and, and Kelly Lohanse and their work uh, which, you know, uh, they famously developed the Imago system of understanding um, uh, object relations, uh, which goes back to Freud and the idea of how we relate in, to uh, love and relationship uh, from our early attachments into our adulthood. And we are really seeking, you know, to borrow from Jung, where we really are conjuring up our shadow self or um, that which we need to work on, that we're, that's hidden in the corners. And so the more conscious we are about that, we're allowing that person to love us as we are. And that's what we're all trying to do is love ourselves as we are and get out of our own way and, and be who we really are. So as the uh, as the show progresses and we move forward, um, again, I keep, I've keep i said this in the past, but it, my goal is to um, bring more guests onto the show and um, more interviews, and it's certainly more in interaction with callers. Um, if you come to the uh, to the website, you can see there's a call-in number, and you can always email me or contact me through the Facebook page and suggest topics or guest speakers or or, or uh, guest interview ease for the show. Um, but for now, um, this has been a, a very enjoyable introduction to the idea of what a, looking at the idea of what a soulmate is. I'll just read the last little bit of this uh, article here uh, from Ram Dass. And he says, you begin to see how you keep coming to the same place in relationships. And then you stand, and then you tend to stop because it gets too heavy, because your identity gets threatened too much. For the relationship to move to the next level of truth requires an opening and a vulnerability that you're not quite ready to make. And so you entrench and retrench. Pardon me. You pull back and then you start to judge and push away and then you move to the next one and then you have the rush of the openness and the same thing starts to happen and so you keep saying where am I going to find the one when this doesn't happen and it'll only happen when it doesn't happen in you when you start to take and watch the stuff and get quiet enough inside yourself so you can take that process as it's happening and start to work with it and keep coming back to living truth in yourself or the other person even though it's scary and hard and that really is what it's about. It's a lovely sort of di uh, dissertation or, or um, redux of that whole process. Um, and he's talking about um, what sex addiction really is. It's not about somebody who's addicted to sexual activity. It's about the rush and the, the dopamine rush and the addictive quality of wanting that feeling of falling in love. Um, but the problem is you end up right where you are. It's uh, it's it's the karmic journey. So the question is, how conscious do you want to be to change the karma? 
rewrite the script, script, wake up in the middle of the play and rewrite your own dialogue towards a, the ending that you want, rather than assuming someone else is in control and the playwright will write the play that we want. Well, thanks very much for listening. I'm Michael Gordon. I've been your host today on The Mind Whisperer. I hope you've enjoyed the show, even with the interruptions here from uh, my faithful watchdog, Sam. And uh, we'll see you next time on the show. Until then, have a great day. Stay dry out there and stay safe and uh, be well. in my head.